Hey, welcome to the Thrive Connect podcast. This is a place where we get to know the stories of the Thrive community and share some things that impact us the most. You'll hear from our members, our supporters, our staff, and anyone who has been impacted by what we do. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe to us. If you want to learn more about what we do here, Check us out on Instagram at SIThrive or visit our website, thrivenyc.fit. Now, here we go with our show. Hello, everyone. This is Matt again with the Thrive Connect podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with the mayor of 5 a.m., Jared Weaver. <laughs> For those of you who don't know who Jared is, he is a uh, six foot something tall, you know, big personality type of guy. And he has been become known in this community as um, someone that everybody looks up to, and I don't mean just physically. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna have Jared introduce himself, but first I just want to ask a question: How did you become known as the mayor of Five AM? <laughs> it was a self-appointed name. Um, I just felt like a fit. I mean, I just you know, I mean, I just think that, like you said, I think I have a big personality, um, and it's it's completely vain and it's totally in jest uh, but it, people kind of took it and ran with it so yeah <laughs> so Jared has a really interesting well everyone has an interesting story but Jared's is pretty powerful and, and it's inspiring to a lot of people that that are around him and I think that's what um, kind of created that vibe for you it's that you you just tend to work a lot harder than people expect you to, mm. and it's it's impressive to watch this level of commitment and this level of drive. And I want you to kind of talk about where that came from. So let's get started from like the early beginning of your fitness journey. Where were you at, and what motivate you motivated you to start in this direction? Yeah, so um, I'm somebody who never really exercised in their life. Um, my only athletic endeavor was I played high school golf. Um, so, and struggled, frankly, to, to walk the 18 holes uh, every practice or every, every uh, match. Um, but never did anything serious at all. Lifted a little bit in my 20s, but it wasn't serious. Um, and for me, I was, so I was over 360 pounds, um, which sounds like a lot. And it is a lot. It's way too much. Like you said before, I'm very big. Like I'm 6'5". I'm also very broad. So when I tell people I was 360 plus pounds, they, they're like, no way. That's impossible. I think it's just my frame carries the weight, carried the weight pretty well. Um, and it was kind of evenly distributed, but whatever. Um, so yeah, so if I was 360 plus pounds. Um, I was, I had got married and was, my first baby was on the way. Um, and I remember, I remember very vividly, I was watching television and there was a commercial. I don't remember what the commercial was for. And I always like to say that means it's probably for a car commercial because car commercials are kind of about nothing. Right. <laughs> and the car commercial was this guy, <clears throat> you know, in a, like a bent over position, pushing his kid on like a radio flyer, like the old mm -hmm. you know, wagons. Yeah. And the kid had like the helmet and like the aviator goggles like he was like a pilot you know like you could tell he was imagining himself as like a 
astronaut or something flying through the air, flying yeah. Through the air yeah and he was having the time of his life and I remember I got really emotional and um, thought to myself I can't do that like there's no, there's no way I could do that first of all being 6'5 that's a challenge anyway but just as, as big as I was to, to run like this guy was running and make his kid like you know laugh hysterically while he was doing just having the time of his life so were you afraid that if you didn't make something happen like that you're your kid would have looked at you differently. I'm just over time. No, I'm well maybe out on some things. Yeah, and like, and then my kid wouldn't develop good habits, and then he would be like me, and um, I didn't want him to be like me. So I wanted to change myself so that I could be a good influence um, and pass on, you know, good habits and mm. you know all that kind of stuff. So that became really important to me, um, and then you know I set. You know, we can talk about it a little bit later on, but I kind of set micro goals to help me get to my mm -hmm. uh, to my ultimate goals, uh, which I'm still constantly working on and constantly changing. Um, and you know, now I'm I, so I got started at like New York Sports Club, just like going trying so, to figure out. Go ahead. Yeah. So how did you um, how did you know to do all that? How did you know what to do? And what was the process like initially when you you were watching that commercial? You had yeah. the realization. Yeah. I imagine that was kind of a tipping point. Though. Yeah. There were things leading up to it. Had you already started thinking about, okay, what's my life going to be like when I have my, my kids and what's my, what are my, what's my behavior going to be like? What's my life going to, what am I going to be doing? How did you get to the, the conclusion of like, I need to make a change. This is how I'm going to do it. Freakonomics. I don't know if you're a fan. Can we plug other podcasts on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, yeah, no, Freakonomics is, is, um, uh, the theory of, well, it's, it's an economic-based um, podcast about, you know, things that are, what, you know, are, are not what they seem, right? So there was an episode where this guy um, was trying to, the, the purpose of the episode was to set micro goals to achieve a bigger goal. Um, and the way that he suggests going about it is... Um, Certainly setting goals, but also making them kind of public so that people, you know, so there's an accountability mechanism as well. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of what I, what I did was the first thing I said to myself was I need to go to the gym consistently. I've, I've made it to gyms in the past, but I've never been able to stick to it. Mm -hmm. So how do I stick to it? Well, you know, I, I think I read something that it takes you 90 days to, to form a habit. Okay. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to the gym every day, three times a week, sorry, three times a week every week for 90 days. And the idea I got from the Freakonomics podcast was to put a calendar up in my wall at work. And every, I remember my coworkers saying, what is this? And I said, well, and I told them what I was doing. And I said, I'm going to put a sticker on every day that I go to the gym. Um, and I need you all to help me stay accountable. Um, and we did that through punishment, right? So, if, you know, and we, we decided, we had, you know, decided before the 90 days what the punishments were going to be. Um, and... The first punishment, and but it was like it wasn't supposed to be like you know I have to pay the money or anything. It was like right, right, right. the first punishment was I had to do fifty push-ups in front of everybody. Right, good punishment because that's hard, but also it kind of helps the, helps the goal. Right, it's actually motivating to you know if yeah. you mess up, you're still correct working toward the. That's right. Yeah. Uh, second punishment. Second punishment was you know hundred squats or whatever, mm -hmm. and then the third punishment was I had to eat mayonnaise, which I don't eat mayonnaise. Uh, if, you, if you know me, I do not eat mayonnaise. 
If I think it has mayonnaise in it, I'm so not did you it. have to do any? No, I did no punishments. Awesome. I did no punishments. But so what I what <laughs> I yeah, it, de- it definitely did work. And what I what I found my like I couldn't not like it, I mean three days was easy at that point, right? Because it was just like it just became part of the habit just because everyone was going to watch what I was doing. Right. So okay. for me that was that was motivating um, because I'm not the type of person. I have a feeling a lot of people who are overweight or struggling with whatever you know, aren't the type of people that can just do it and not have any kind of accountability. Along right. There's a lot of pressure or doubt as that goes through your mind. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you started going to the gym, mm-hmm. forming better habits, yeah. losing a little bit of weight, I, would, yes. I imagine. And, uh, and when did you have, have your first kid? April, 2016. Okay. And that was, you were already in that routine. I had just started the routine. Yeah. 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 After, after that, so that was April 2016. This yeah. is now 2020. There's, yeah. You know, that's a big time difference. Sure. And, and when <clears> I had <throat> met you, you know, you were down at least 100 pounds. Close to it, yeah. Right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about um, where you were when you started here. What did that look like and uh, what, what brought you in? Yeah, so CrossFit had always been something that appealed to me, quite frankly, because when I would see somebody that was like super into CrossFit, I just said, I'd like to look like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like as, as like vain as that might sound. I mean, it just, I always, I, I feel like I have the frame for it as well. Like I just, it just, you know, that physique of, you know, the typical CrossFitter um, or somebody who's really into it. It was just something that I thought would be good to have. Um, but I, you know, frankly, I never, I never felt comfortable making the leap just because it's kind of an intimidating thing to when you say crossfit there's a stigma there right and it's like um it's hard to to take that initial step so i was already in like a group fitness environment um through a different program Mm -hmm. um and then my favorite coach there uh left what program is that uh orange theory fitness okay and and i you know i loved it there my favorite coach left uh, and i wasn't a fan of the new coach that they brought in Okay. So I said, you know what, it's, maybe it's fine. It's finally time to start the CrossFit thing. Um, and I came here and I'm never, I'm never, you know, you're going to have to kick, drag me out of here kicking and screaming. <laughs> and when was, so that was about a year ago? Uh, yeah, September, I think, of 2018. So a little over a, a couple months, Yeah. more than a year. So in that time, it's about, you know, a year and a half now. Yeah. What's the biggest change you've noticed in yourself? I'm way more confident in myself um you know when you're when you're somebody that's naturally overweight not naturally overweight it is overweight um for me anyways i was i'm incredibly self i still am self-conscious in a lot of ways um and i think that cross you know this this community and this gym and this environment has shed a lot of that um self-doubt and all that kind of stuff. So I can get into specifics if you'd like. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do you think that happened? You know, if after, you know, 30 plus years yeah. of, of having this self-doubt and, have, and yeah. lacking confidence, mm-hmm. what do you think it was about this community that changed that? Well, I think I've, I think I look a lot better now. Just you know, like, again, getting back to the, the vanity mm-hmm. side of things, I, I, well, I that's definitely. A, that's you know, honestly, there's two reasons why people join this gym. They yeah. like 
they like the people, they like the workouts. Yeah. But they also just want to look better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why we all work out in the end of the, <laughs> the, end of the day. Yeah. And, and but the fact is, like, yeah, you're going to look good and also do really cool stuff. Yeah. With your, you know, you're not just going to look in the mirror and you know flex your biceps. No. Well, so you're gonna look. <laughs> you're gonna look good doing doing cool things, and yeah. and like, it's a it's a little bit different. So so continue on. Where is, what was it that that kind of changed that mindset? I think just really the I mean certainly like the the workouts and being better at all of the different movements and losing weight, building muscle. Um, but I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with the other members. You know, everyone is so supportive here and. Um, you know, it's such an it's such an encouraging environment that it just it's it's hard not to like get addicted to the environment and just you know the people and it's, you know they just they they empower me so much more. I mean, you said earlier that I kind of inspire a lot of people. I'm so inspired by the other members mm-hmm. um, that I think that a lot of that self doubt and and you know self conscious tendencies have kind of just gone away. They just disappeared. Right? Yeah. Was there one particular moment you remember? realizing that or realizing that this was the right thing for you? So, yeah. So, um, I've actually not told too many people this. Um, I think my wife is probably the only person I know. So I would never, when I was heavy and even as I started losing weight, I still had a lot of those self-conscious tendencies. I would never wear t-shirts in public. Wow. Um, because I just was self-conscious the way I looked and how, you know, and like, even though nobody cares, by the way, if anybody out there like <laughs> has this, nobody cares. Right. But anyway, um, I just, I just never felt comfortable. It was just always like, I always felt like constricted and you know, how does, what is it? You know, I get a glimpse of myself in like a picture somebody took mm-hmm. or in the mirror and I'd be like, Oh my God, I don't want to look like that. Like, so I always wore these button down shirts over the t-shirt and I'd have them you know buttoned up like halfway so that there'd be extra room and stuff like that to move around mm-hmm. um, and I remember um, you didn't wear that to the gym no you didn't wear that to the gym oh, you know finding workout clothes that I felt comfortable in was is, was a big struggle anyway um, yeah so when my, I think my first summer that I was here I actually wore a t- like and it took like mentally it took like a lot for me to leave the house like I have a t-shirt on I'm leaving Without, without, without like, yeah, yeah. Like a long sleeve or something. Yeah, well, it was, I mean, sometimes they were short sleeve or just like rolled up, but like, yeah, like having something over it, like a, like almost like a security blanket, like, yeah. And then just not caring that I was just wearing a t-shirt. Now you're in tank tops. (laughs) (laughs) Which was another battle, which was another battle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's really cool. And and I want to know what, in the beginning when you were like, Going through that battle in your head, what was that frustration like? What did that oh, feel it's like? It's miserable. It's tough. I mean, it's it, it's it's you know my my and my wife is like the most encouraging person like ever. Um, would you know do everything that she could to alleviate my stress about it and and everything. It was just in my own head, and um, it's it's a real thing, man. I mean, it's like. You know, I'm wearing layers out in 100 degree weather because I'm worried at what I'm going to look like to people. Again, even though no one cares, um, just having that restriction on myself was was really difficult. And still, I mean, it's still something I battle with. Like, there's certain things like, mm-hmm. like I'll never just buy a t. Like, I would, I never would like just wear a white t-shirt, like an undershirt, like out. I like, think I would either. Well, <laughs> well, that's good. That's good because you're very fit, so that makes me feel better. Um, but uh, yeah, it's something that I still I still struggle with, and but I'm definitely getting over, and yeah. my lifestyle is a big part of that. 
So how did how does it feel now, a year and a half into this this program, this community, this this place? Um, how does it feel to walk into the gym knowing that you might actually might be motivating other people to do what you did? That's what I mean. I love it. You know, I love talking about my story and not because I like talking about myself self, even though I kind of do. Um, but when somebody is inspired by me or somebody asks me questions, it really gets me excited about helping and, and sharing. And I love, I love it. I, when somebody, when somebody tells me that I've inspired them or I do this because of you, or you helped me do this, it's the best. Is the best. there a person in your life that you've been really trying to demonstrate good behavior to, I mean, obviously your kids, but yeah. is there someone that you know looks at you or you know is, is modeling after you're, you're taking those first steps? No, I don't know. I've had, so I've had coworkers tell me yeah. that, you know, you know, start, so I told you about the calendar with the stickers and right, you know, right. I had like five people join me. Um, so the calendar was like full of these colorful stickers. That had to be helpful um, for you. It was, it was, it was. So like in that respect, yes. But there's not like one person that I'm like mentoring or anything like that. Right, right. I'd love to if somebody's. A <laughs> <laughs> Someone's looking. Mm. Jared's available. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so let's talk a little bit about um, your process of habit forming and and, yeah. and um, setting goals because that's something I've also been diving into, I just read a book called Atomic Habits. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No. And it really describes what you, you were talking about. Number one is finding like an accountability partner yeah. or some, or making it public so that everyone can look, but also setting these atomic habits, meaning very, very small things that you can do that compound and build on top of each other. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like what you described to me before we got on and started recording. recording. So. Talk to me a little bit about what that looked like for you. Yeah, so for me, it's it was about my first goal. I, I feel like when, when and I always use overweight as like a, you know, the, the, the type of person I'm describing just because I can relate to it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure there are other types of people that have struggles. So I when I say overweight, I mean anybody that like has never really been able to been work able out, to work out and or now wants to this kind of community correct yeah. um so my you know my first goal was oh so sorry so the 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 reason why you want to do it i think is something that's really important as a first step mm -hmm. because if the reason why isn't specific enough or if the reason why doesn't isn't personal and like kind of visceral for you it's ultimately not going to lead to consistency Getting started is difficult, but I think staying consistent for somebody that struggles, like with overweight, being overweight, is really, for me, the, the difficult part. So, and I'll give you great examples. Like, when you hear people say, I mean, we talked about the last episode with Paul. Mm -hmm. um, Paul was a marathoner who took some time off and looked himself in the mirror and said, well, that's not what I want. I'm going to need to change that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know. For people like me who are super, super overweight, that's not enough, right? I wish it was, but it's not. So like if you're, if you're somebody that's, you know, like the average person, they say, I want to grow to be, you know, when I'm 75, I want to be active and healthy mm -hmm. and not a burden on my family, right? What could be a better goal than that? That's a fantastic goal. But it's, it doesn't mean anything to not somebody. It's not specific enough. It's not specific enough, right. right. 
Or another another one that people use is you know they they're single and they want to date better looking people or they want to attract better looking. That's a great goal. Nothing wrong with that goal at all. But if that was enough for you, you probably would have done it already. Right. You know exactly. what I mean. So finding something that really is meaningful. So I talked about not being able to wear T-shirts out in public. That was something that like kind of got me like. Like it made me mad that that's the way I was and something that I wanted to fix. Mm -hmm. Having kids and wanting to be a good, you know, father and good, you know, role model for them was something really personal to me that I was able to, you know, so when it's 20 degrees out and it's four in the morning, you know, my alarm goes off, it's getting me out of bed, mm -hmm. right? So I think the first step is really taking a really deep dive into yourself and discovering what it is that is gonna make you change your current Situation was that hard yes. for you to, yes. to kind of look at yourself in the mirror, but really look deeply. Yeah, it's it's because because you 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 know you spend as somebody who is insecure or overweight or whatever it is, you spend all this time building up these barriers, emotional barriers mm -hmm. to deflect all of the stuff that you think is happening. Um, so, shedding all that and saying, you know what, this is actually my problem. And I'm the only one that can fix it. It has nothing to do with anything else. I just need to do it. So then your, your first step is just taking ownership over your yes. situation. And, yes. And, and setting yourself up for what, what needs to come next. Right? Correct. So what's the, what was next after that? So you, you have the goal. You made it something very specific and yeah. important. And you figured out your why. What was that process between you know those initial few months of just going to the gym and now when you're here five days a week at five o'clock in the morning? So yeah, I think that that's a great question. So I think that, you know, again, the first step is just identifying what's going to, what's a good first, you know, what's a good first step for me. It was, all right, let's develop a habit of three times a week for 90 days at least. Um, and having those accountability measures set up and having maybe, you know, somebody, you know, staying on top of you and, and Barbara and Paul are kind of interesting because they both kind of encourage each other, but you know, historically, uh, partners or significant others are the worst at this, right? Because it's, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like if if you make an excuse, your partner's gonna be supportive. Like, yeah, just you know, don't you don't have to go. Today. Take yeah, a rest you can day. Take a nap. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Having two marathon runners in the house is that's not the case. Right, that must be difficult. Yeah, to take naps. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, having you know, having somebody to help you stay accountable is is. Super important. But yeah, so just, you know, identifying the first step, um, you know, I, what I did was I changed my eating habits um, mm -hmm. if, with no information at all. Just like, I should probably eat less pizza. Like. <laughs> okay. Well, you should use logic first. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Logic comes first. Uh, drink less beer overall. Drink less beer and yeah. less pizza. Yeah. yeah. Good first step. But just eating better foods and things like that. Um, and then I just had this big goal of a hundred pounds. I just felt like it was a nice big round number, but I just, I said to myself, that's not going to, I'm not going to just go from zero to a hundred pound loss. Mm. I have to go, um, and you know, figure out little increments so that I could celebrate a success and get motivated and stay on right. Cause if it's, if you lose 15 pounds and your goal is a hundred, that's 15% of your goal. Yeah. That's 15% is nothing. You'll never feel like you accomplished anything. Correct. When you really have. Until all this, until you hit that, the odds of getting there are slim. Yeah. So what I did was I set, and, and for me, it wasn't enough to just do like every 10 pounds. For some people, that's great. And I think that's, that's a great way to do it. Mm -hmm. But I did like little milestones, right? So the, um, so I was like 360 and change, 370 and change, mm -hmm. whatever it was. 
the, fir- the last time I had stepped on a scale before that, I was 343. And I called it my oh shit weight. And it was, I was at the doctor's office and I stepped on the scale and I said, oh shit. And it was really bad. Sorry to swear. Um, so I was like, the first thing I got to do is get under 343. Under 343. Okay. Yeah. So I got there and I was like, yes, I did it. I got under 343. And then another one was uh, 320 was another one was the time I had stepped on the scale before that. Okay. I was 320. I got married. I was 308 when I got married. Okay. So and you then, picked. Yeah. Yeah. I picked very specific things. That yes. were connected to an important moment in your life. Correct. Got because it. it, because it meant more to me. Right. If it was just every 10 pounds, it doesn't, for me anyway, I'm the type of person I am, it doesn't do anything. So, so you, would you say for anyone, any goal to, whatever the goal is, the, the ultimate vision for you, a hundred pound weight loss, yeah. but whatever it is, you know, you're tying the, the smaller successes into what matters to you, not necessarily what the, the ultimate goal is. I think that's the best way to do it and to get, and to get kind of, you know, down and dirty about it. What's emotional? What's going to move yeah. you? You know what I mean? Because um, otherwise, you know, you can, if you don't hit it, if you don't do it, then it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And it still isn't the end of the world. But for me, it was like, you know, I remember a big one was 285, right? 285, I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I recognized that there was something going on. Like I was always heavy and it was always a thing. But I stepped on the scale and said, it was like, I was like 24 years old and it was 285. And I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. this is going to be bad. So I remember thinking to myself, if I could get under 285, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then once you, you know, I think it was 260 was the, the hundred pounds. I remember stepping on the scale and it was 258 and I like screamed. I was like, uh, you know, it was like such a relief, you know? And I was like, and then I kind of thought about it and I'm like, I've, I've added so many goals and I have so much more, like mm-hmm. it's felt so good. And I meant that, I, may, I mean it in a positive way. Like I, I can do so much and I want to do so much that this doesn't feel as big as an accomplishment as maybe right. I thought it would. So for people listening to put this into a different perspective, because everyone has a different outcome in mind, yeah. right? And different reasons for coming into the gym, whatever gym it might be, whether it's here or Orange Theory or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the, the, their different goals. And, and you made a really good point um, about setting these micro goals and celebrating the little successes. And something to just add on to that that I think would be really valuable, and maybe even for you now, is when you have these larger goals, like that's, what, that's where you see yourself, right? You saw yourself as the type of person who weighed 250. And what do you associate that with? Like you said earlier, you want to look like the guy who does CrossFit because they look really fit, yeah. right? It's not because they're doing snatches and burpees and muscle-ups, it's because they look really good. Yeah. Right, so you want to be the type of person who does those things because of how they are, what type of behavior they have, what, yeah. they, what their lifestyle is. Yes. And, and in the past five years, four years of, of you on your journey, you can acknowledge that it's been a behavior change just as much as it's been a weight loss journey. Absolutely. And for those who have been struggling with the ability to lose weight or, you know, recover from, from uh, an injury or, you know, just get into a new routine. You have to imagine yourself being there already. And then what are the behaviors that those people have? What are the habits that those people have? What, what are the habits that you see yourself having in five years, right? And then establishing those habits. For you, it was going to the gym three days a week. You could have just celebrated that. For, you know, the three-month milestone, the year milestone, the five-year milestone of going to the gym 
three days a week. Yeah. Where would you be if you just did that? You'd probably be just as far along, even hmm. without the celebration of losing the weight. And, and I'm using this as, a, as an idea because not everyone needs to lose 100 pounds. Yeah. Some people maybe want to gain some weight. Some people want to lose some weight. What are those behaviors that you need to have in order to be that person who has already accomplished the goal? Right? So saying something like, you know, if you said to yourself four years ago, you know, my name's Jared, I weigh 250 pounds, I'd love to run on the weekends and play with my son. Right? And just say that in your head over and over again and it becomes reality because you're also doing the things that lead to that. Hmm. Right? Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I like that. This is another another little tactic we can we can kind of use for goal setting and, and behavior change and habit forming. So when you set a goal, everyone's heard the SMART goal analogy, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, timely. That's great. But what happens when all you're thinking about is the goal, the goal, the goal, but not the process to get there? Yeah. Because part of that is planning. And if you don't have a plan, which for you was gym, celebrate the successes, follow through with the nutrition, keep yourself accountable, and there's all these different steps involved. Making each little one a habit and something that you just do, then it's a little more realistic, hmm. right? Yeah. Putting a time frame on it is just pressure, and that's perfect, right? A little bit of pressure helps. That's why CrossFit works so well. We put a, a clock and everyone has this anxiety, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what, speaking of that, and kind of piggybacking off of that, what is next for you? What are your plans for the future? Who's, you know, who's Jared going to be in, in five years? That's a good question. I mean, it's something I'm going to have to ask myself. For this year, um, it's funny, my goals have kind of shifted now to more like non-scale stuff or non-scale victories as people say. Okay. Um, so there, I have some clothes at home that I don't fit right now that I want to fit into, um, which I guess is kind of a scale victory, but, um, so yeah, that's, you mean, that's, you mean things that you can't really measure. Correct. Like on a scale. Um, I can't do pull-ups yet, so that's that's something that is happening, and so I'm, I've devised a plan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, training plan to, to get there, not just I want to do pull-ups, so, you know, it's pull-ups plus here's what I need to do to get there. Right. Um, and then, I know Barbara already said it, but she stole my thunder, but I, I, I really want to do the high rock. Okay. I've always wanted to do it. it and seems I never... like we're going to have to put together a team for yeah, that. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. That's going to be fun, yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, so I did, I did the Staten Island Triathlon last year with, with one of the members here um, and really enjoyed that. So, you know, I want to look at the, now that the calendar's turned, the 2020, I want to look at the race calendar and okay. uh, uh, maybe do some duathlons because I really enjoy cycling. And um, I don't love running, but I love the feeling when I finish a run, yeah. you know. So, you know, look at the different, I'd like to get back into 10K shape, which means, you know being able to run 5Ks and other stuff like that. Consistently, yeah, yeah. Doing you know, on demand almost. Correct. And that's really cool to hear because it's, you know, I, I didn't have the chance to know you five years ago when you were, you know, kind of just starting on this. And, and it's really exciting to see the transformation. Even now, I remember when, we, when you first started and we were doing some running and, and you had set a, a goal because you were running a race soon and you wanted to run a certain pace per mile and, and it was just difficult for you. And, and I remember going out with, on, on you with some runs or during some yep. running and we would just talk, you know, during warm-ups. And, 
and to see that now that you are putting into action all the things that you've been doing here and, and doing it on your own, setting these little goals and putting things on the calendar is another, another way to, to just keep yourself accountable yeah. and keep yourself motivated. If you're finding yourself losing the motivation, right? Like putting a race on the calendar is, is the ultimate way or a competition like we have in a, in a few weeks. Yep, that's on the calendar. Right? Yeah. You're, doing, you're doing your first CrossFit competition. Yeah. Second, I did it last year too. Oh, you, did, yeah. you, did it, you did do it last yeah, year. Yeah, same right. partner and everything. Yeah, yeah, excited about it. That's going to be really cool to see how you've improved. Yes. You know? No, and that's, I mean, he's he's a friend anyway, so I would, of course, want to do it with him. But, Who's your partner? Uh, no. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he and I did it last year. And we didn't, we, we finished, you know, um, not very, you know, strongly. Um, Fifth place out of five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping that we can improve upon that this year. Still uh, top five. So. Still top five, you know, no big deal. <laughs> That's great to hear, man. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for you. Um, yeah. what's, what's something that you would tell someone in your situation um, if they are kind of losing hope? Yeah, so I would tell the person to, I mean, we talked about it already, but figure out why, you know, why you've lost hope, what's, what's holding you back. Um, and don't say it's because you want to be healthy, you know, because that's not enough. You know, you have to, you have to get, you have to get real about what it is that hurts you. Um, and then I would say, put in the work mm -hmm. as silly as it's as basic as it sounds, be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. Stay consistent. Um, and yeah, set, you know, set small achievable goals you know, that, that roll into a larger goal and you'll get there. Mm. Um, and just one thing that I think a lot of people, I mean, one thing that I know that I did as somebody who is overweight, um, you know, you, you hear like you go to these different like barbecues and events and you stuff your face and it's like, well, you have to live your life, you know, and that's true. You have to be able to balance and have a piece of cake when it's somebody's birthday party and stuff like that. There's a time and place for that. And when you're just starting, you got to sacrifice. You do. You have to just, you know, you have to, you've lived <laughs> in that respect. You know what I mean? You've done that. You've had, you know, you've had, you've picked out the barbecue. You've had half the birthday cake. Right, you know, try you, this now. Try it and, and just get, you know, just you know, stay with it for a while. You'll get to a point where you can go to a barbecue and have a cheeseburger, mm -hmm. right? You know? And guilt-free. And guilt-free. Right. But, but when you're starting, like, yeah. guess what? You've already had all the cheeseburgers. It's time to eat some kale. <laughs> yeah. We've had a cheeseburger, it's time to eat some kale. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, that should be a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, for anybody listening who is in the, the same boat, who's kind of on the fence of uh, getting started with their goal, or, you know, maybe. Maybe you've been kind of on a downward slope for a while. Listen to this again. Listen back. There's been some really great stuff that Jared has said. And if you're really interested in learning a little more about how to do better, I'm sure Jared would be more than, yeah, more than willing to, to talk or, or answer some questions. So thanks so much, Jared, for, for sharing your story and being a part of this community. It's, it's been so much fun to, to train you and, and watch you develop over the years. And I'm just really looking forward to, to where this goes. Me too. Right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you on the next one.